Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Hey, friends, come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborne. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Mr. Cameron Clutter is our executive barista, and our friend Marianne Rivera is with us in the cafe this morning, and we're going to talk about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Yay! Yay! Good morning, Amanda. (laughs) Good morning, Dave. Shall we pray? Let's do it. (laughs) In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mm. Good and gracious Father, we love you. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the graces that you are showering down upon us. Um, Even for those graces that we are just not aware of, the many gifts that you give us that that you do in, in secret because you are a good father. You love without always needing to be thanked. And so we just take this opportunity to thank you for everything. We ask that you just expand our hearts to come to know and love you more. We invite you into all those spaces and places that we need to know and love you more. And we, uh, we ask even for a greater relationship with your mother as that she always brings us closer to you. We pray this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today the church celebrates the feast of the dedication of the Lateran Basilica. Yeah. I think it's 1,699 years. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the oldest public church okay. in, in the city of Rome the seat of the diocese of rome yeah beautiful beautiful i don't know if you yeah that's uh it's the uh the the pope's church Mm, and up until like the 1400s or thereabouts we're not going to quibble if it was like 1402 right um the pope actually lived there the oh. the papal palace was uh, attached to the uh, basilica. Okay. Yeah. Didn't Wonderful neighborhood. And it's a big part of Franciscan history as well. Tell me about it. That is where Francis and his friends went to receive the papal blessing over the order. That's oh. where he showed up and the first audience didn't go terribly well. All these kind of dirty smelly guys from Assisi showed up in front of the Pope and Pope said uh that wasn't mm, a great impression huh? not a good first impression mm. so they went out and he said well you know come back you know pray about it come back and we'll we'll talk uh talk later so where did they go they went and found a place to stay in a pigsty which <laughs> really didn't help their case sure. you wouldn't think but that <laughs> night the Pope had a dream of a little man in a tunic holding up uh, the church, uh, literally uh, the basilica. Mm-hmm. And he took that to mean that uh, Francis would would play in a very important role in holding up the church. So the Pope gave Francis the blessing and sent him on his way. There you go. And that's the rest of the story. <laughs> what else are we celebrating today? You know, I heard it's British Pudding Day nationally british british pudding 
<laughs> is that a U.S. holiday as well or just a British? Well, it's national. So national. It, you know. Okay. But International. There, there is a difference between British pudding and American pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I prefer American. Hold up for just a second because it's a national holiday, which means in America we're celebrating British Pudding Day, but it means in, in Britain they're not celebrating British Pudding Day right now. <gasps> Although That's they might be eating it, because it's just a national holiday, so this just applies to us mm. in America. Cam, you may be right. <laughs> you, that's a good <laughs> that's point. A- <laughs> uh, yeah, I would need to read into it more, I suppose. I could say with a lot of certainty I'm not going to run out to buy British pudding today. <laughs> Butterscotch, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I believe it was stated that, you know, more on the American pudding side of things, they're typically more sweet, whereas British are are more savory. So that makes sense. That's a good distinction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we are also celebrating something else. What's that? Well, we know how we celebrated Elizabeth of the Trinity yesterday. Yes. But she actually died today. Hmm. So, fitting that we're going to get to talk about Elizabeth of the Trinity today. Providential, I would Providential, say. Providential, I would say. So she got bumped to the 8th because today is St. John Lateran. That's right. So she had a huge influence on St. John Paul II, and I didn't know that. Until, I didn't know that either. Until, yeah, I started doing some research for our conversation this morning, and yeah, so good enough for JP2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good enough for us, right? That's right. <laughs> Marianne Rivera. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the cafe. It's a pleasure to be here. So you have a devotion to Elizabeth of the Trinity. I do. I do. It's, um, you know how they find you. They kind of, um, they seek you out. And mm-hmm. I think it was five or six years ago. I read a quote of hers and I just was so captivated by that quote that kind of led me to um, look into her life and I found her prayer and her prayer blew me away and just started going deeper and deeper. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, your parish? Yeah, uh, family, Mac- Conception and Yeah, Mac- Conception in Clintonville, Ohio is my parish. Uh, been there. I'm a transplant. I'm not really from Ohio. so. Uh, but when we moved here, that uh, Clintonville was where we found a home and Immaculate Conception became our parish, um, so we've been there like 29 years. Um, care, care to say where you're from originally? I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Ah, beautiful city. Yes, but I moved around a lot, so mm-hmm. I've lived in South America and all over the United States. So, um, wow. kind of where in South America? I lived in Mexico and Venezuela and Argentina. Wow, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I feel like there's a whole story there. What yeah. took you all those places? My dad was in hotels. Okay. I wasn't a that military brat. I was kind of like a hotel brat. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, But um, you've never lived in Newark, Ohio? No. No. Hmm. Oh, no. well. New York. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, I actually work in Immaculate Conception. Um, I do faith formation and evangelization at the parish. So, And how long have you been doing that? Uh, three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun. And you have children. I do. I have six children, six amazing children. I have five boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just blessed with my family and my husband. And yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. I like how you mentioned that uh, Elizabeth of the Trinity pursued you. 
Because one of the quotes I came across from her was that one of her greatest joys in heaven (laughs) would be if people asked for her help. Yes. Yeah. I know. I just, and I. So you're making her happy. I Well, and I'm just kind of like, like, I'm almost kind of like waving my hands, like from down here going, okay, kind of like whatever you want to give me, whatever you want to send my way. Um would be awesome because she just and even in one of the 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 things that um one of the quotes that she said here and if you should stray away i'll bring you back and i was like whoa like the the depthness of her love for those who would want to move away from the union of god that she would just be like okay i'm gonna just i'm gonna bring you back well, and that's the kind of friend you want, right? <laughs> yeah, <So>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. just Some of our friends may not know Elizabeth of the Trinity. Yeah, you have a little bio? I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just wanted to put you on the spot. Thanks, Sorry. Dave. <laughs> she was born in France. I know that. Yes. And in Dijon. Known for their mustard, right? <laughs> Wait, is that actually where it comes from? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps she's the patron. I don't think so. Don't quote me. Uh, she wanted to, to join um, Carmel mm-hmm. uh, as a teenager. And her mom, I guess, kind of talked her out of it and said, uh, continue to serve where you are. And she was serving... Uh, sounds like young people and, uh, you know, those that were disadvantaged and ended up entering Carmel at 21 and passed away at 26. So, so five years, but the body of work that she has over those five years is really amazing. The letters that she wrote, um, uh, especially love Mary, and you can speak about this more, uh, the letters that she wrote as a, as a retreat for her sister. Are, are breathtaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that's really inspiring, actually, mm-hmm. that she was in Carmel for what we said, like five I, years. And uh, she's a great saint. So I don't know. That's just really encouraging. Well, and of course, it was Therese of Lisieux that, you know, sparked that fire in mm-hmm. her story of a soul, mm-hmm. et cetera, yeah. et cetera, on that path. Yeah. It's like she one of the things that I was reading was like, she didn't want to waste any time like showing love, radiating love, going deeper into love. It's like, she didn't want to waste any time. Like it was, it was almost like this, there was this impetus in her heart to just do it all, uh, you know, for the Lord. Yeah. It's just, um, beautiful. Her motto, God in me and I in him. That's nice. It is. It's a, Simple and straightforward kind of reminds me of, you know, the, uh, John Paul II's, right, was uh, totus to us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So God in me and I in him. And so much of her spirituality, I guess uh, Marianne could be summed up as uh, the indwelling of the, of the Trinity. Of the Trinity, yeah. She, um, she was so, she was Christocentric. Yet, but being that Christocentric allowed her to understand the Father and the Father's love so well 
and because of that, uh, what the Holy Spirit was doing in the Father and in the Son. Uh, and, you know, she always, she always knew that the Blessed Mother was the perfect example of the indwelling of the Trinity. She knew that and, you know, mm. often sought, you know, sought her intercession but, and modeled so much of her life uh, on the Blessed Mother. But um, it's just beautiful to see how from Christ everything else radiated, that, that knowledge of the Father's love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. Marianne, you said you discovered Elizabeth of the Trinity, what, about four years ago? Yeah, yeah four or five years ago. Um, where would you say you were at in your faith, and how has she helped you deepen your faith? Uh, that's a really good question. I think um, I think I was at a, at a point where um, there was there was a lot of difficulty. There was sure. um, I don't want to say desperation, but there was a lot of difficulty um, that was going on in my life, and um, I was seeking solace. I was mm -hmm. seeking hope. Um, I was seeking a uh, something to fill, um, even though, you know, never abandoned God or anything like that. But it was just it was feeling difficult, and I think um, as I started to as I started to to meditate more on the, her prayer, and to learn more about her life, the peace that she knew in her soul because Christ. And the Holy Spirit and the Father dwelt so deeply within her. Mm. Um, and then knowing her life and her suffering that, that, that she uh, was going through later on in her life towards her death. Um, it was, it, for me, it was mind-blowing. It was yeah. mind-blowing. It was, I, I know, you know, we aspire, we aspire. You, you see these saints that have, um, that have just kind of like embraced it all, like no holds bar. And yeah, she inspired me. Mm -hmm. She inspired me in those moments. So did you grow up Catholic? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so this was just kind of a continuation of your journey. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, I, again, they, they, they come and meet you where you're at. They come and like, come on, I'm going to help you out here a little <laughs> bit. And she did that. She really has. And, um, and I was just sharing, um, the, uh, earlier that I can, I can do her novena at any time of the year because what I'm doing is just getting closer and closer to the Father, getting closer and closer to Jesus, getting closer to the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Hmm. You don't have to wait till November <laughs> to do it. <laughs> what, what was the first quote that you came across? It was part of her prayer. And it was... The prayer to the Blessed Trinity. Yeah, it was the prayer to the Blessed Trinity. Um, and it's it, the quote was... Um, and it moves me to this day. It still moves me. Uh, and it says, And you, O Father... Bend lovingly over your little creature. Cover her with your shadow, seeing in her only the beloved in whom you are well pleased. And I just thought to be actually covered in the shadow of the Father, what must that feel like, look like? What could happen? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to hear the Father say, I'm so well pleased, my beloved. Yeah, it just... It catapulted. What, yeah. What was it about that quote at that time that just drew you in? Um, that the father was, um, that I needed the father to look over me yeah. and to take care of me um, that during that dark time and that I was being covered in his, the shadow of his love. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I needed that. What was your prayer life like at that point? Oh, I, I think um, 
And this is, um, I think this is something that um, the Lord has sh- shown me in that um, he's so merciful. Um, you know, going to mass maybe three or four times a week, going to adoration. But still, it was, it was um, you know, prayer, um, but it was still difficult. Mm-hmm. It was still difficult. Um, it was still difficult. You know, it makes me think of those times in our spiritual life when things are so difficult that we're almost ready for whatever he brings, right? And I can just imagine this this utter openness because of whatever desperate time we feel like we're in, right? And so it was like the perfect opportunity for Elizabeth of the Trinity to just swoop you up and take you in. Yeah. And it sounds like she's really had a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, it, 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 you know, I think that maybe if I, if things were easier, if things would have been like, you know, everyone's fine and everyone's doing well and, you know, la, 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 and, you know, <laughs> rose colored glasses, um, maybe that that quote wouldn't have been so impactful for me. Right. I, um, but to me at that very moment, I, I almost literally felt like a shadow come over me when I read that, like, I'm here for you and, and you are my beloved daughter. And it, it, I'm telling you that to, to this day, there are times that I, I read that and it brings me to tears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that reminds me actually of something that a, a friend once told me that Holy Spirit will only pull us as much as we need to be pulled, right? So sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to like put a barge rope around us and like, you know, dr- <laughs> tug and drag and pull us. Um, and other times um, all it needs is like this little thread around your pinky, yeah. right? And yeah. it's just this tiny little thing. And and aren't the saints just like his instruments? The saints get to be those ropes quite oftentimes yeah. in our Catholic faith for those people who just like right in those right seasons might be that that rope that yanks us or that or that thread that just like is a tiny little tug. Yeah. I love that little string. You mentioned, Marianne, that uh, you like the uh, Poco Poco Poco. Yeah. podcast i was <laughs> yeah, just I listening to an episode and they were talking about uh prayers that are in here as opposed to out there and if we want to pray without ceasing you have to have that in here prayer you know the out the, there out there that what the, that they were referring to were uh, the vocal prayers, the devotions, um, uh, finding God in all things, you know, in nature. And, and those are all good, but they remain in, out there. If it's not a prayer of the heart, if it's not the indwelling of the Trinity, then you're kind of choking that that pipeline you know to to grace and all the blessings that are available to us mm-hmm. and that's really for me anyway over the, over the course of uh of my journey is making time and learning that in here prayer mm-hmm. and elizabeth of the trinity talks a lot about cultivating uh the silence and the solitude and I think that's one of her great gifts is is, is saying, 
you have to have the silence. You have to train yourself to to hear the voice of God. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you care if I read like that? Just just a yeah, kind please. Of, so um, as as I was, and I love that it was like, oh, they put it in there. Uh, one of the things you know, just reading more, and is her mission. Her mission, you know, High Center has like, oh, shower you with love from heaven. And I just think Elizabeth of the Trinity, she just like takes it off a notch, you know? And and she's like, my mission in heaven um, will be to draw souls by helping them go out of themselves to mm. cling to God by a holy, simple, and loving movement and to keep them in this great silence within that, which will allow God to communicate himself to them and transform them into himself. And I'm like, okay, Elizabeth, just lead me there. Just lead me. That's just kind of like also just kind of been my like SOS sometimes. It's like, if that's your mission in heaven, I'm here. Like, I'm here to learn that, to learn that silence, go deeper and deeper um, to be able to communicate with God in in, in that silence of the heart. Um, yeah. So roses with from Therese are great too but I mean <laughs> this is like this is like I think she just she's just powerful in that in that she knows she knows exactly what it takes like you were saying to um to cultivate that transformation that we need um and that's in the silence yeah has she been pretty patient with you Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> yes. I think you know. I love patient saints. I love patient saints. <laughs> I love saints that when you're like, okay, this is getting too hard. I think I'm just gonna like put you aside for a while. She just comes back. Um, yeah. There's a quote from. I know I'm probably driving my friends here a little bit crazy with this quote, but I've been walking with it for a week or so from uh, Father Donald Haggerty on uh, silence is a foreign language and first thing that popped into my head when, when i heard that i i do uh duolingo oh, okay. you know, so and is there a duolingo for silence <laughs> oh boy that would that yeah that would be great that would be great especially on friend quests but uh the uh just uh, just understanding that that it, that it is a foreign language that you have to learn and it takes time and it takes practice. It takes communication, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's one thing to memorize the words and the phrases and the tenses and everything, but what's the point of it if, if you're not using it in, in communication? Mm -hmm. And boy, there's just so much there uh, to... Yeah, to, to learn that language. Yeah, and I don't I don't I don't think like our culture is again is against that language, the silence. Or, mm -hmm. or you know, um even some even your temperament could be against that kind of like learning that language of silence. Mine is definitely, uh, which is another reason why I love her, is she had um when she was young she had this, you know, issue you know, problems with temper. And so I was like, boy, oh, did she, boy, did she? So I was like, yeah. boy, you are my girl too. Cause you know, when I was young, kind of like the same thing and, and just the way the just the graces and just, you know, again, this transformation, but so, uh, there's so many things that 
it's hard for me to be silent. It's it's hard for me to. I'm learning that language. Um, she's helping me to learn that language. Marianne Rivera's here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. We're talking about Elizabeth of the Trinity, a wonderful saint that we think you all should know more about. Uh, a great resource I should mention is Discerning Hearts. Uh, Chris uh, just lost her last, last name. Um, Google Discerning Hearts. Uh, there's some series that Chris McGregor does with... Uh, Anthony Anthony Lillis, uh, who's who actually wrote his doctorate on Elizabeth of the Trinity, and they go through her novena. They go through the retreats that Elizabeth of the Trinity. So a lot of insights into into uh, uh, her spirituality that we won't even be able to get close to covering, you know, in this hour. That it's uh, uh, so rich yeah. and a, and a saint for our time. In that's one thing that I was surprised with her um, being a Carmelite and having that structured contemplative life. One of the most beautiful things that she wrote actually were letters to her sister, a busy mom, Mm. hectic family life. And Elizabeth put together a 10 day retreat for her sister so that she could learn this uh, silence and this indwelling of the Holy Spirit where she lived and in the chaos. So Yeah, and isn't that like perfect like for all of us, like whether we're busy moms, whether we have a lot of children, whether we think like, well, I don't have that time for prayer or I'd have, I don't have the time to go to an adoration chapel or, or whatever the case may be, that it's ex- accessible to all of us at any time that um, we just have to be able to, for those moments, minutes, uh, time of the day, to just silence our hearts long enough to just um, um, hear his voice and um, speak to him in that silence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there could be a temptation to almost excuse ourselves like, oh, she's a Carmelite nun. There's no way that applies to me. But really what we're saying here is actually it can apply to all of us. So how how have you found that, no, really, this is doable in my everyday life? Uh, I think that, again, where I was, it didn't seem doable. It didn't, like, well, I, there's just no way she's saying all these things and um, she's up here and, you know, there's no way that that could ever apply to me or that I could maybe even, you know, attain something like that. But I think, again, being that, as Dave was saying, the patience is that you just have to, you just have to like make that time to be just silent, just to, to, to go out of yourself. Like she says, just to literally go out of yourself and, um, meet, meet the father, meet, meet Jesus, meet the Holy spirit. Um, yeah. And I, that's how I think for me, it was just kind of like, it was kind of like almost like learning how to walk because for me, I think I, I felt at those times that I didn't have time for contemplation. I didn't have time to to be like, go away and or do a 10-day retreat. I didn't have that. That was not my life. Um, but I think that's why it spoke so much to me was that like, no, just 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 stop for a second. Come come away. Come away in the in the quietness of your room or whatever. Go away for just a little bit and you will see that you will see 
you will see like the seeds sprouting, the seeds of silence sprouting. So then practically, is that what you just started doing? Mm-hmm. Little by yeah. little, just little by maybe little. go little to my little. room and... Yeah. little by little. Okay, what did that look like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did it look like? <laughs> um, you know, there was, there's just, there, I don't want to say, yeah, there was a lot of chaos, you sure. know. Um, some of the kids were out of the house. I still had a lot of the kids in the house. Lots of moving here and there, practices there and that. Uh, but I think it just required me just like in my room five ten minutes sure that's how it started Mm -hmm. that's how it literally started um sometimes it started with me having to get up a lot earlier Mm -hmm. um and when you have long days and lots of kids and things like that you know you're just kind of desire a little bit more sleep but it did sometimes it required me to get up a little bit earlier um so yeah 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 well, Dave, it's like what you said. It, it requires this almost like learning a new language, um, needing to, like you said, Marianne, this time to practice. Okay, I'm going to do five minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think about waking up early yeah. to integrate this practice, yeah. five to ten minutes earlier doesn't sound too hard. Right. <laughs> it, and it, and it, it seemed like it was unattainable, but the more you did it and the more I the more that I realized what everything that was happening and I, what I was receiving, mm-hmm. the more I desired it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just looking at this, this quote, Elizabeth, um, a friend of hers asked her how to pray. And Elizabeth's response was, you must build like me a little silent cell within your soul. You must consider that the good God dwells there and you must enter within from time to time. It seems to me that this is uh, a repose, a relaxation. We come quite simply to him whom we love, and our heart goes out to him. I raise my eyes and look at God, then I lower them upon you, thus exposing you to the rays of his love. I say nothing to him in words, but he understands me very well and prefers my silence. She was really a poet. She was. Uh, actually there, there's, have you heard that her referring to herself as the, the listener? Yeah. So, oh, that I might become thy listener ever at peace and faith. May I spend my life, a word eternal in listening to thee. Yeah. I have a tendency (laughs) to talk a lot more to God than, than to listen. Yeah. I think that's to be a listener. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why she, I think that's why she is like, and the patience to, to know that maybe some of us do have that tendency, um, to be more of a talkers than listeners. Uh, let God get a word in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have that tendency. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, which is why I think uh, she's been so good to me. <laughs> she's been so good for me, yeah. Is is she speaks so much of of silence, so much of be quiet, so much of 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 going to to places that you can only go to when you go into that into the depthness of silence. Yeah. She wrote quite a bit about um, the different types of silences, uh, silences, uh, 
the, having that external silence is uh, a prerequisite. I mean, you, you have to have silence around you in order to most fully find that interior silence. And she talks about silence and suffering and through every aspect of your life, it, it, with her, it, it seems always to come back to finding, finding that silence. And the difference between when I tend to think of silence and Cardinal Seurat has written about this, that, uh, it's different from quiet. Mm-hmm. Now you can still, e- even in with exterior noise and things going on, like a chaotic household, you can still find silence if you're cultivating that, uh, that, that practice, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, discipline of, 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 of quieting yourself or, you know, finding the silence. Does that make sense? It does. And and I liked how you use the word discipline mm-hmm. because it, it, I think for me at least, uh, it had to be, it had to, had to become a discipline. It didn't come natural to me. It, it was not definitely not a natural thing to, uh, nor was it in my environment, but even in the midst of that environment, it was, it was a discipline that I needed to, to take on if I wanted to, um, almost if I wanted to be able to experience what she was talking about and that desire for that. Mm-hmm. I, it was like, okay, uh, this sounds really, really good. Um, I hear what you're saying. Um, show me how to get there. And, and it's so, yeah, the word discipline um, resonates with me because for me, I, it became a discipline. Yeah. It makes me think of, Dave, the the visual that you kind of gave when we were chatting about this beforehand. The Oh, a word that came to me was uh, rehabilitation. Mm. Huh. And when you reach a certain age, you know, you build up clutter and... Um, actually, you know, I mean, it's like, well, what do you, what, what do you mean? What, what needs to be taken out? What needs to be destroyed? And it's like, you're living in a house that still has, um, 70 shag carpeting, you know, and, and it served its purpose, you know, but it, but it's been there for so long. It's time to clear it out of there and expose the hardwood. Mm-hmm. And that's so much, I think of, uh, what spoke to me about having that interior life is doing that renovation, doing that rehab, just not getting rid of stuff. Then you're left with an empty room. It's what you're putting into that room mm-hmm. then. And, and that's the indwelling. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's just not emptying. It's what, what are you going to put in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what's the old that needs to be gotten rid of so that you can mm-hmm. have this indwelling. Yeah, I mean, you can just pile up rugs on on the shag, right? But maybe it's better to, maybe better to get rid of the shag. Right, and in practical terms, I think that means, okay, well, what's keeping me from this interior silence? Let's remove those bad habits first so that at the same time, I can start to learn this new discipline. And it's like working out, right? If... You have to start somewhere. You have to start to build, and you have to be disciplined about it, um, and and get rid of those bad eating habits or whatever it is that's keeping you from not getting to the gym or whatever it is. Right. You know, so it's this both and I think of 
of getting rid of the bad habits, clean, cleaning out the shag carpet, <laughs> uh, getting rid of the bad habits so that we can cultivate new ones. And that's not easy. Hmm. So that's where this idea of discipline comes in, I think. But also being gentle with ourselves. Like we said, it, Marianne, you started with maybe five minutes a day. Hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and I think also recognizing that that process in itself is a mission too, mm-hmm. right? I, I think a lot of Catholics and Christians who get really excited about their faith are like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me go out and do something. And, and I think what the Lord would say, and, and especially what Elizabeth of the Trinity says here is like, before you're going out and doing, before you're doing that, let, let's take a look at like, the place that the Lord lives in you, right? The temple that you are. Let's take a look at that, that discipline first and recognize the mission that is that. And gosh, I mean, if, if one spends the rest of their life working on themselves so that they can get to heaven, I, I sure hope they would get to heaven, right? If you're spending years and years working on that discipline, um, that, that mission to yourself that, that is almost like due to yourself. If you recognize I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, that God dwells inside me and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, like I, I, I am due to myself taking care of myself right. and, and cultivating that silence and cultivating that interior peace and clearing out the shag carpet. And it, it, <laughs> it's, gotta go. it's only where we get to that point of, of overflow, then that feels to other people, mm. right? It's not selfish to work on your spiritual life. <laughs> <laughs> what I had heard. Um, the difference between you had mentioned up, uh, mentioned, uh, exercising mm-hmm. the difference between exercising and training. Mm. So, you know, exercise, you go through the reps, you go to the, you know, different pieces of equipment or whatever, which is fantastic. But the difference is training. You have a goal in mind. So it could be, you know, training for a marathon is it, it, it's yeah, you're doing the exercises, but you have a goal in mind, mm-hmm. uh, you mean like run as to win the race? <laughs> wow. Is that, is that kind of what you're <laughs> That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why uh, do you think, you know, as we're talking about this, uh, this indwelling, obviously she's talking about the, the Trinity um, and, and just not, just not one person. Hmm. And so, so the indwelling of the Father or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but the actual indwelling of the three persons. Mm-hmm. Have and, you thought of that, Marianne, in your own contemplation with walking with that? That well, that that why the why the Trinity, mm. uh, the the three persons, rather than you know just a, the dwelling of the Spirit. I mean, she's very very specific about the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever really thought about it. I think, I don't know. She doesn't really, I don't know. To me, it's just, I think it was just, this was just kind of like, you know, like you're given something. I think she was just given this this knowledge Mm. so in depth, like it was just poured into her. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that's where I've contemplated it. It's like, how was that possible? I've gone to like, how was it possible that she had such in-depth knowledge of each person of the Trinity? Right. I don't know why she, like, I, to me, I was kind of more like, 
how did that happen? Mm. How did, how were such deep, 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 I mean, things that were of each person given to her? I mean, other than grace, obviously. But I mean, we're talking like, like they don't, they didn't study theology. I mean, they should have went to Carmel, you know? I, I've often wondered how did that occur? And I think what I've contemplated in is that it came from that place of she just she just went so deep in that mm. in that quietness. Um but I don't know why it was the Trinity. I never yeah. thought about like why the Trinity? I just was thinking more like, how did that happen? Well I think it was <laughs> all all a gift, right? Yes, gift. And, um Mm-hmm. crazy gift for what it says to me I, is the perfection right i mean perfect love the completeness well what it says to me is her reception right that that not only did god have a special mission for her a special purpose to share with the larger body of christ how he wants to come and be present to each one of us in this intimate way like that was her mission to share with the body of christ so that's a special grace that God gave her, mm. but it's because that she was willing to be such an open vessel. And I don't know. I just, I, I think sometimes it makes me almost a little upset <laughs> because, because it's, you know, you think of the great saints and you think of how the church got started, you know, the 12 apostles and they changed the world. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, how are they different than each one of us? Well, it's, it's this great openness of receiving God's plan for each one of their lives and willingness to be a vessel and him to work through them, not because of their own strength, right, right, but because they just said yes in a radical way. In a radical way, yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're called to do. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not laid out as an option. Mm-hmm. Marianne Rivera here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe. We're talking about Elizabeth of the Trinity, a great saint for our times. She also had quite the devotion to Mary Magdalene, Hmm. which I came across a few lines uh, just with the, comes back to being a listener Mm -hmm. and Sometimes it is so strong, this need to be silent, that one would like to do nothing but remain at his feet like Magdalene, hanging on his words and penetrating more and more the mystery of love, which he comes to reveal to us. And then, O eternal word, utterance of my God, I would wish to spend my life listening to you. I long to become quite docile so that I may learn all from you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My first thoughts are, well, why did she have such a maybe devotion to Mary Magdalene? And when you think about Mary Magdalene's story, she came from this place of utter darkness, right? And then the Lord delivered her. And then she followed him for the rest of her life. And she just saw, she loved him so much and in such great gratitude I think gratitude is what sticks out to me is she was um, just so grateful that she laid down her life. Yeah. And what I, what I think of 
when I when I think of that the connection between her and what she saw in Mary Magdalene is that intimacy mm-hmm. like the this the 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 almost the lowliness to you know to kiss his feet to be right. at his feet to not to not leave that 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 position of being right at his feet um and when you think about it like we're all like sitting here seeing each other eye to eye it would be kind of awkward if i someone's at your feet feet. (laughs) but what does that say that that it just this position of like i love you so much that i'm willing to just be at your feet kiss your feet um lavish on your feet um which in those days as we all know they didn't have shoes and they were dirty and so what does that say and so i think for me it was like wow that 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 closeness that intimacy um that mary magdalene had with jesus is is something that I think transferred to to mm-hmm. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Yeah. She also had uh looking at this letter that she wrote just uh 3 years prior to uh to her passing uh in a letter to a local deacon what we would call transitional deacon on his way to the priesthood it addresses him uh you know monsieur it, it seems to me that nothing better expresses the love in God's heart than the Eucharist. It is union, consummation, he in us, we in him. And isn't that heaven on earth? Heaven in faith while awaiting the face-to-face vision we so desire. Mm-hmm. We, we talk, you know, we're in the midst of the uh, Eucharistic revival. And doesn't that just kind of yeah. uh, just get to what a gift <laughs> that that we receive? Uh, it's union, it's consummation. He and us, we and him, and isn't that heaven on earth? Yeah, I think that's a well. That's another theme of hers too: is heaven on earth. Uh, yeah, and bringing and and I think wow, she was. She was, I don't want to say ahead of her times, but that the idea that she lived, that heaven can be lived out here on earth. And we're just, you know, mm-hmm. I will be done on earth as it is. And I mean, she, but to, act, that she was, she believed that actually we can live out what the Father and the, Jesus and the Holy Spirit were doing in heaven, that we could live that out here on earth, which is, which is a radical way of, even for today, but she was speaking that language already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we should be asking him every day, right? Like, how can I partner with you today? Yeah. How can I bring the part of the kingdom today with you? Yeah. Yeah. In the time that she lived, early early twentieth uh, century, they were in the midst of, you know, the uh, um, a time of uh, increased riches, you know, affluence. You know, uh, really, materialism is you know coming full force. And look at look at where we are now. Mm. You know, 120 years later, where our pursuit of the good things rather than the perfect thing, so to speak, and and what a distraction! Again, going to the out there, distracted by things out there rather than what's most important mm. and what is perfect is the Trinity dwelling in us. 
Yeah. And what didn't she also, um, wasn't it also during a time that France was going through all this upheaval, you know, like the, the church is being attacked, you know, they were closing down like religious institutions that even their order was afraid that they'd have to leave, I think like to Switzerland or somewhere else. And, and I'm thinking, okay, like we're kind of like, we're kind of in that same, you know, um, kind of in that same kind of challenges in today's world. Um, where prayer is being taken out of everything there. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, in so many places it's, um, there's so many, there's, there is, there is persecution, um, you know, of, of Christians, of Catholics. And, and so this isn't anything new. And mm-hmm. yet in the midst of that, she, she was still, um, being radically used. Um, yeah. And forging ahead. Yeah, and, and and that's something, if you have that peace that comes from the indwelling of the Trinity, that's not something that can be taken away, right? Where all these other exterior things can be yeah. lost, can be, you know, taken away, can be um, destroyed. But that interior peace, that indwelling, yeah. can't be defeated or can't be removed. And not to lose our peace in the midst of things that are happening around us, not to lose that um, that gift of peace, uh, even though things around us may look really scary, chaotic, you know. There's one part where kind of just reminded me, she didn't say it spe- explicitly, uh, but it just reminded me of this radical abandonment to divine providence and trust in him that... It's like, okay, despite what comes, to just have a continual heart-to-heart with him. Like, through everything, the soul seeks him who it loves. This is part of one of her letters. Through everything, the soul seeks him whom it loves, and everything leads to him. It is a continual heart-to-heart. And it just made me think of, you know, despite the craziness of the day, despite the difficulty or the hardships that we're going through, through that we need to seek him who our soul loves right to continually Mm -hmm. have a heart to heart with him in the midst of just even being upset at him like what is what is going on lord this is crazy everything's hard but a continual abandonment to trusting that he's a good father yeah and she just you know that that reminds me of what she writes how how much he has loved us exceedingly so much like how how much the father has loved us exceedingly um and one of the one in that in in one of those letters she she quotes somebody else but that she had a beautiful thought was shared with her and that faith is the face to face in darkness uh and why wouldn't it be so for us since god is in us and he asks us only to take possession of us as he took possession of the saints. And so she was in the midst of what maybe seemed some sometimes a dark thing. She's like, but he dwells within us so, and he loves us so exceedingly. Um, mm. And, and her, her response, this is from her prayer to the Blessed Trinity, come into me as adorer, as restorer, as savior, O eternal word, word of my God. I want to spend my life li- in listening to you, to become wholly teachable, that I may learn all from you. Then, through all nights, all voids, all helplessness, I want to gaze on you always and remain in your great light. 
O my beloved star, so fascinate me that I may not withdraw from your radiance. That that desire. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking with Marianne Rivera about just Elizabeth of the Trinity, and uh, you know it makes me think of just yeah her her spirituality on the indwelling of the whole, the Trinity, and I guess as we've been talking about the, all this, it just strikes me of how like vulnerable this is, how intimate this is, and how you actually really need to. To live this out, I would assume you need to really trust and understand that God loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I I think there's a building block first. There, there is. I, I, yeah, I think you, it's funny when you said that, when you said that you have to understand that God loves you. And that was the quote that drew me. And I think at that point I needed to understand in a, in a, in a whole new way that God loved me, mm-hmm. regardless of what was going on, um, that God loved me and that I was his beloved daughter. Uh, and I, even though grew up, you know, that I needed to know that to the depths of my being, that regardless of what was going on around me, um, that he loved me. Uh, and from there, um, just move on, like, just go, um, you know, um, at that time, one of the other uh, scripture verses that really uh, sustained me, if you want to, if you want to say, is from Daniel, and it and where it says, and and if not, he is still, he is still good, mm-hmm. and he's still good because he's God and he's love, and I needed to learn that. I needed to learn that um, that he is still good, he is still God, uh, and that he loves us. And it is. I, I think you're right. I think Amanda, it is a building block from which um, God wants to take us deeper and deeper into that knowledge of love. And from there, um, bring so much more into our hearts. Yeah. I remember having this realization when I was on a retreat, you know, the retreat master was asking, you know, throw out all the, the things that you would describe God as. What do, what do you, what do you think about God? And, you know, everyone's saying, Oh, he's loving and he's provident. He provides, he's all powerful. And we had all these great things to everything that we learned about God, right? How great he is. Mm. And then he said, great. Now tell me what you feel about what's your lived Mm. feeling. What are your feelings towards God, the father? And people got real and we're just like, he's distant or he's unattainable or, and it was just this moment of, we have such a head knowledge of who God is, but when it comes to the heart level, do we, do we see him as someone who intimately, radically, un, unwaveringly loves us? And I think that's actually a hard place to get to. I think it's a hard <laughs> thing to even realize at first, like which one are we living out of? Um, but then to really ask ourselves, well, then, then how do I live out of that? How do I believe that? Was this kind of like a special grace that you received or did you have to also kind of work on that? I I think that, um, I think to, I think to feel and to actually acknowledge that the God of all creation, that the, the of the universe can look down upon 
us or look down upon me and say, you are my beloved daughter mm-hmm. and who I am well pleased. It is, it's mind chattering. Yeah. It's mind chattering. Yeah. Um, it's mind chattering. I know for myself, it, it's, it's a process. It is a process. Yeah. Like I have to continually come back to that mm-hmm. and, and allow myself to be loved. Yeah. And I think that is, I like that we kind of pulled this out as a building block to get to this beautiful spirituality that Elizabeth of the Trinity is leading us to is, you know, allow ourselves to be loved so that he can dwell intimately in us. Yeah. So what's the point of all this? Why, 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 why? <laughs> yeah, tell us, Dave. <laughs> sure. What, why, why Elizabeth of the Trinity? And I think, Marianne, you hit on it right at, at the beginning is because this is what she wanted to do in heaven. Yeah. You know, that this is why she's a saint for our time is to remind us of, uh, of the Trinity, the gift that we have why we're actually created is to have the indwelling of God himself in us so that we can be deified, live in him and to bring him to others. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'm really is glad that you what brought the takeaway is. Yeah, actually I'm really glad that you brought that up, Dave, because we hadn't even talked about this idea of being deified and I'm, I'll just read a quote uh, to get back to what we were saying. In heaven, it seems to me, my mission will be to draw souls into interior recollection, to maintain them in great inner silence, which allows God to imprint himself on them Mm. and to transform them into himself. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to imprint himself on us so as to transform us into himself. We are literally supposed to become like little Christ in this world to allow himself to live so intimately through us that when people see us, they see Christ. That's what it's all about. So we can transform the world. That's right. Yeah. Heaven on earth. So we got a lot of work to do. There you go. Yeah, get to it. It's uh, it's not even nine o'clock. But not to be discouraged by that work either, right? He is the oh one that will do the work through us, so don't be afraid. Absolutely. Just let him do it. Yeah. Clear out the shag. That's right. And, and, and make room. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we have about a minute and a half left. Do you want to pray the uh, prayer to the Blessed Trinity together? That would be awesome. Yeah. Do you think we have time, Cam? We have a oh, we okay. have a minute. So probably not. Friends, you can find this online, and I encourage you to take a look. Uh just Google Elizabeth of the Trinity prayer to the blessed Trinity. Uh, make this a part of your prayer today. Uh, Marianne Rivera. Thanks for being with us in the cafe. Hey, Thanks. It was, it was awesome. a real joy. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow morning with Catherine and Josh Kilmer promptly at 8 a.m. Glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy spirit. As it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be a world without end. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.